Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Well, praise God. You got your Bible? Man, you need your Bible. Or you need the Word on your your phone. Amen. The Bible says that the Word of God gives life. Amen. So we're going to receive life this morning. Can you say amen to that? Turn over here with me to Ephesians um, Ephesians chapter 4. I was going to teach you on this morning the power of being pastored. Amen. Uh, I'm going to say that again, the power of being pastored. I hope you know that I'm not a guest speaker <laughs> or just a speaker. Amen. There's a, there's a mantle that comes with the pastoral office. And it's designed to bless your life. And when you're properly pastored, and I got that word from Dr. Jacobs, when you're properly pastored, amen, there's power to being pastored. There's not power just coming to church. Or it's not power associated with just calling yourself a Christian. There's power associated with being pastored. Amen. And there's power that comes with the pastoral office that God puts on a man or woman, amen, and sometimes we call that power a mantle, and it's designed to bless your life. And when you are properly associated with that pastoral office, then there's power to being pastored. And I'm going to say this, you have to allow yourself to be pastored. Amen, hallelujah. You have to allow yourself to be pastored. You have to allow the person that God picked in that office for you to give you the word of God and then allow that word to change your life. Yes. Amen. Amen. To align yourself with the word of God. When a, when, if a person is not properly pastored, they will not fulfill God's plan for their life. They will stand before him without their assignment in this life done. Amen. And I want to prove that to you in the word of God. It, there's a process of a person fulfilling the plans and purposes that God has for them. And without a pastor, it's impossible for them to fulfill God's plan for their life. Right. Nobody on this planet can sit at home and read the Bible by themselves in their own house and fulfill God's plan for their life. It's impossible to do that. Yeah. It's like you sit at home trying to teach yourself algebra calculus. Right. With, a, with, a, with, with the book at home. Right. We don't want you building the bridges. <laughs> we don't want you sitting at home with a biology book trying to operate on somebody. No. No. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And anybody I ever seen that have tried to do that, mm-hmm. when they start talking about the word, I'd say, uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. It is so messed up the way they're trying to explain the Bible. It is so messed up. It is so undivided. It's so wrongly divided that if you happen to be a person that listens to it, you're going to be messed up too. It'll be called ignorance gone to seed. You go to planting what, you go planting the error that you heard from the person that didn't know what they were talking about. When God wants to develop somebody, he has to, he has to give them a pastor or really the fivefold ministry gifts. 
There's five offices that God has given from heaven to develop his church. And the, and the office that stays with the people all the time is the pastoral office. Yeah. You should be able to get a hold of your pastor when you need him. Yeah. Or part of the pastoral team. Yes, that's right. As a church begins to grow. Yes, that's right. Amen. Jesus, yes. Jesus is called the great shepherd. The word shepherd means pastor. He's the great shepherd and he is the overall pastor of his entire church. But when he got when he came to the earth, he couldn't do all the work by himself. So he did what? He picked out twelve. Apostles, and then he gave them the same anointing that was on him. Yeah. 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 Amen. The exact same work he was doing. Yeah. Come on now, I'm trying to help you now. Come on now. The same ability that he had, he gave them authority to do the same thing he was doing. He said, When you go into the city, first thing you need to do is preach the gospel. Amen. If you need to preach the gospel, tell them the kingdom of his heaven is here. Then I want you to heal the sick. Then I want you to raise the dead, yeah. and then I want you to cast out devils. Yeah. And I expect you to have the same result yeah. that I have, because I'm, yeah. I'm going to give you the same mantle that I'm using. Amen. 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 Now, they were fishermen at first, but when Jesus put his stuff on them, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. then they were able to do exactly what he did. Amen. Amen. So Jesus takes the same mantle that was on him, mm-hmm. on himself, and he puts the pastoral mantle that he carried, and he puts it on the pastors. So then, then there's power in that mantle to prosper the lives of the people that are assigned to that gift. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so if you properly align yourself with that ministry office, you're not aligning yourself with this suit. You're not aligning yourself with this tie. You're not aligning yourself with my hair. You're not aligning yourself with my skin color. You're aligning yourself with the mantle. Amen. You're aligning yourself with the power of the pastoral office. Amen. I was thinking about, I was thinking about, I think it was about, um, I think it was, um, Samuel's mother, I think it was Hannah, she couldn't have a child. And so she went to the temple, when she went to the tabernacle, and to pray and ask God for a child. And when she got there, she prayed, and then Eli came upon, and Eli wasn't even a good priest, but he had the mantle. Come on now. It's about the mantle. It's not about the man. It's about what he put on the man. Now, the man ought to live up to the mantle, praise God. But even if he doesn't, there's something in the mantle. Amen, praise God. Praise God for a season, it will anyway. You know what happened to Eli because he was cutting up. (laughs) I just show you, if you don't carry that mantle right, it'll cost you. It'll cost you if you don't carry the mantle right. Amen, because the mantle is given to you to be an example to the people. Amen. And so Hannah went and she prayed and Eli came upon her. He thought she was drunk first, but she was so into intercession and so desiring to have a child. I mean, it was the greatest desire in her life that she prayed in a way that it looked as if she was drunk. She said, no, I'm not, I'm not, when Eli questioned her. And he let her, and, and, and they conversed. And after they conversed, he said, God grants you. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Yeah. He said, he said, it. 
God grant you the desire of your heart. And it all came to pass because of that mantle. Amen. Amen. There's mantle on the pastoral office and, and we have to talk about it. That's why Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because yes. he's anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Amen. Mm -hmm. To heal the broken heart. Yeah. He was talking about the mantle that yeah. God put on him. Yeah. And the mantle is not for the person that's carrying it. It's not for the person that's carrying it. When God sees a people in need, then he puts a mantle on a person to go to those people to minister whatever deliverance they need. Amen. To minister whatever deliverance they need. When, when God saw the children of Israel in trouble in Egypt, he, he said, he told Moses, I'm ready to go down and deliver my people. Moses, that's good. Because they do need help down there. I've been down there trying to get them out myself. Couldn't do it. Amen. See, a man can't get you out without the mantle. But oh, would he get some on him. Come on now. Because the first time he went in his own strength, and he didn't bring nobody out. He ran out of there with the shirt on the back, on his back. <laughs> he ran out of there with it. It didn't bring nobody with it. Got over there on the other side of the desert. Whoosh, so glad I got out of there. <laughs> and then God come back to him later on. Said, my people in bondage. Moses said, I know. Been there, did that, done that. Amen. And then he says, I'm going down to set them free. And Moses said, good, they need help. And then he told Moses, but you going. Yeah. It's my representative. Yeah. Come on now. And when, it look, when, it, when you look in the natural, it looked like nothing was coming. Yeah. But a man with a stick. Yeah. But you don't, but praise God, God had put something on him. Yeah. Amen. God had, God had put a mantle on him yeah. and told him to stick your hand in your coat. Yeah. And he pulled it out and it was leprosy. Yeah. And then God told him to stick it back in and pull it back out again. It was gone. God put a mantle on you if there's some spots on you that don't belong on my people. I'm telling you, if there's some spots on them that don't belong on them, I'm putting some on you that'll get it off of them. Oh, it's the same man, but this time he's got a mantle. Throw down your stick, amen, because I'm going to fix it where you can take up serpents and, and walk on the devil, praise God, and nothing shall by any means harm you. I'm giving you victory over whatever's crawling, whatever's, whatever's got venom coming against your life. I'm giving you victory over it, not for you, but for the people. And how do you walk in with a stick and come out with three million people? Amen. God has put a mantle on somebody to bring you out of whatever you in so you can get into what he has for you. And if you properly align to the mantle, you're going to come out of bondage. You coming out of the desert. You coming out of hard places into a land flowing with milk and honey. God's got something prepared for you. But you can't get there by yourself. You can't get there by yourself. God's got to give you somebody. God got ready to send me to this town and prophesied over this ministry he was giving me. And if you got that prophecy book, it'll say in there, Dr. Jacobs prophesied, said, Keith, Pastor Diana said, Keith, we always going to need you. And then Dr. Jacobs took over. 
He said other people are needing you. Praise God. If you, I would have said something. Hallelujah. I would have said something. I'm, I said, God, I would have said, God, you got a mantle for me. You got somebody carrying a mantle for me and my family so we can get to the next level. Amen. I keep preaching to you. You can't build a house by yourself. If it's just y'all in there, it's going to be trouble. If it's just y'all in there, it's going to be trouble because the devil coming. Amen. The Bible said he coming. That's what I preach. He said, I'm coming to steal from you. I'm coming to, I'm coming to kill where it concerns you. And I'm coming to destroy what you're trying to build. And, and man is no match for his stealing, for his killing, and for his destroying. If it's just you and somebody else up in that house, amen. He, don't, he can't attack the church. The church going on because Jesus is the head of that. Amen. And Jesus done whipped him in heaven. Jesus done whooped him in the earth, yeah. and Jesus done whooped him in hell. Yeah. Amen. The question is, where you whipped him at? Yeah. No, I didn't. That's the end of that. <laughs> and if you can't whip him, yeah. you're going to you need a mantle. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Because the mantle will come down on you. If, you. if you're properly aligned to the gift, then the anointing starts from the top, and then it'll run down. If you stay around here long enough, you'll know how to preach the gospel. If you stay around here long enough, you'll know how to cast out devils. If you stay around here long enough, you'll know how to heal the sick. Because the same power, the same mantle that is on Jesus is ready to get on you. You got to know how to fight the good fight of faith in this life. You got to be a faith person that knows how to fight because the enemy is coming. You don't come to churches, you come to families. Amen. That's what he comes first. Comes to people's home first. Amen. And if there's any trouble at church, it came from your home. Amen. You didn't say amen to that, but it's true. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because if you get your home right, yeah. the church will be right. Yeah. Well, come on. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. And so he says, I got to send you somebody. Look over. I told you to turn to Ephesians, didn't I? Yeah. Amen. I have to talk about the mantle on my life. Yeah. Amen. So you'll have, have faith in the mantle. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. The hardest people that are supposed to be, be the pastor is your family. Now, why is that? Because it's the hardest people for Moses to pastor, his brother and his sister. There, you ought to be listening right now. You ought to be saying amen. Hallelujah. You ought to be saying amen right now. Because they see you your whole life. They see you your whole life before the mantle. And they attempted to treat you the same way mm -hmm. before, same as after. Mm -hmm. And so Aaron and, and uh, Miriam mm -hmm. didn't live out all their days mm -hmm. because of the way they responded to the mantle. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Amen. Right. And, and, and then the people have to be careful not to become familiar with the mantle. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
their, yes. their familiarity with the man yes. will block out their reception for the mantle. That's right. To the point that, that, that dishonor begins to come out, yeah. disrespect. The mantle won't work for the people to disrespect you. Yeah. And eventually God will get them out. Yeah. He'll get them out because they're trying to kill the honor for the mantle. Yeah. Yeah. In Moses' day, the ground opened up and swallowed folk. Yeah, yeah the ground just opened right. up. Moses said, who, get, who is on God's side? Get over here. Because yeah. the man ain't there because he want to be there. Right, right. He's not there because he need a job. Yeah. Right. He's not there because he need a paycheck. Right. He's there because God said, I'm picking you. Yeah, that's, yes. it. that's it. Amen. God said, I'm picking you. Amen. And God never calls the unemployed and put a mantle on them. He never calls people that ain't doing nothing, idle people, unindustrial people, and then put them in the mantle, put a mantle on them. No, that's why he called fishermen. He called tax collectors. Amen. Praise God. He called physicians. Amen. He got people that was, had their hands doing something. That ought to tell you about something right there. They had their hands on something. They were industrious people. Amen. And he calls them out of what they are doing. And they don't have a choice. They got to go. You ain't got no choice. You got to go. Amen. You can fight it all you want to, but it's staying. Because it ain't based on you. It's based on the people that need that mantle. Amen. And because of that, the Bible said you got to honor them because of their work's sake. Yeah. They didn't ask to deal with you. Right, right, right. That's right, that's right. And what you think. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. They didn't ask for that. Right. Who going to ask for that? Right, 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 right. That's good, Pastor. Moses got out there and said, hey, you can't quit. Moses got out there and wanted to resign and turn in a resignation letter to God. I'm tired of dealing with your people. I want you to know from this day forward, I'm out of here. It's better working with the sheep on the backside of the desert, married working for Jethro. Every night you're going to have goat milk and goat cheese. Come on now. What's it kind of the, what's it kind of gyro, you know, praise God. You can make that goat and gyro and lamb, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You got your own family, praise God. Hallelujah. And you ain't got to deal with all that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's good. Come on. That's right. You ain't deal with all that. Folk calling you up. <laughs> 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 Moses said, I know you ain't gonna let me quit. So you can just kill me right now. <laughs> That's what he told God. You can just go on and kill me right out here. <laughs> At least I'll go to glory today. <laughs> Let somebody else do this. He was so glad to have Jethro there. Je I call him Jethro. Uh, Je Joshua. He was so glad to give Joshua the job. Here, Joshua, I'm out. I'm out of here. Now. So the best thing you can do in a local church is cooperate. Yeah. Yeah. When you see you got something from heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise hey, God. Hey, hey. That's right. I ask everybody, who sent you first? Yeah. 
People come, I say, who sent you? I need to know who sent you. Did God send you? It's a, it's, it's a divine relationship. Yes. To get a pastor is letting you know the heaven's working in your life. Yes. When you get one that God sent you. Yes. Amen. Amen. God never said he was going to give you a church. He said, I'm going to give you a pastor. God don't give churches. God gives pastors. And then people that are called to a divine relationship with that pastor, you are entitled to begin to experience heaven on earth and fulfill your destiny. You cannot fulfill your heavenly destiny without a pastor. That's right. That's what Ephesians chapter 4 says. Let's read this. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and probably pick up around verse 11. Two, it's good to see you here at church this morning on the front row. Praise God. Look, if we'll start at verse 9. Um, well, let's start at verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace. Somebody say every one of us. God gives an ability to. Grace is an ability from heaven. Grace means God's given ability. So every one of us is given a, a grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So the grace is associated with the gift of Christ. And he's going to describe what the gift of Christ is. Amen. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended on high, Jesus did, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. What gifts did he give? The gifts of Christ. He just told you about the gifts. They're the gifts of the anointed one and his anointing. They are gifts of his mantle that he's given to everybody. That everybody ought to have this gift in their life. Amen. It's equivalent to the gift that comes off of Jesus himself. Amen. So then he goes down here and says this. Let's look at this. Wherefore he said, <clears throat> he gave gifts unto men. Now when he ascended, what is it? But he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He's talking about Jesus' descension into hell, his resurrection into heaven. He that descended is the same also that ascended. So he descended into hell itself to pay the penalty of our sin. But he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven itself. And he is seated at the highest seat of opposite and wealth. Jesus is the richest man in all of existence. He is, and he is our brother. He is king of kings. I believe Caleb was trying to say that there was nobody like him. He is Lord of lords. All power in heaven and earth is given unto him. Amen. Praise God. He's got all the power. All the glory, all the riches, all the honor. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The gold is his. The silver is his. Everything is his. Amen. Then he comes down here and says this. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above. All. He sits above all the heavens. 
that he might fulfill all things. Man, what this is saying, when he's talking about fulfilling all things, he's talking about everything this Bible said about him and everything this Bible said about his church and every promise of God, every blessing of Abraham yeah. is going to come into full fruition. Yeah, yeah. No word of God can fall to the ground. Uh -huh. The Bible said the scriptures cannot be broken. They cannot be destroyed. God can't say something and it not come to pass. His assignment is to bring to pass every prophetic word, every promise, everything he said about the body of Christ is going to come into manifestation. Eventually, God is going to have a people that listen to him. Amen. Praise God. He's going to have somebody get this thing done. And he's coming back. And everything you read about in the book of Revelations is coming to pass. It's all coming to pass. Amen. He's going to fulfill everything he said. Every prophecy in that green book, with that book with that green, every one of them's coming to pass. It don't matter what it look like. It don't matter what it feel like. It don't matter whether you think it's on delay. It's not. Amen. The Bible said now he's in a position. He's hastening to perform his word. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can get your healing real quick now because he's hastening. You can get your deliverance real quick now. Praise God. He ain't trying to have you on no 10-year deliverance plan. He ready to who the son set free. He can set you free right now. Jesus is ready to get this thing done. Why? Because he got all power now. At the highest seat. And then when he got into that seat, guess what he did? He sat down, but look at verse 11 too. To fulfill all things, he gave some what? And these are the gifts of Christ. He gave apostles. What apostles? Apostles are people who go and they are the first line of spreading the gospel, setting up the doctrine. There's a reason why you have a Bible because of the apostles. They establish doctrine. They establish written doctrine to us to let us understand how the church is supposed to function in the earth. And that's why understanding your Bible is very important. You cannot understand God unless you understand what he wrote. You can't. Amen. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Amen. So to understand the word is to understand God. Amen. And then that's why you should love the Word of God. That's the reason why every time it's an opportunity to get around the Word, you should get around it. Every time it's an opportunity to talk about The Bible says you ought to be talking about the Word in your house. You ought to be talking about what you heard, you know, Wednesday night and Sunday morning. You ought to be talking about it at home. You ought to be reading the Bible through with a year with the church, amen, and talk about what you read today. To live a wordless life is to live a godless life. That's right. That's right. Amen. And why you need to come and get it at church? Because you ain't going to read the Bible at home and get it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Because what I'm just going to read right here uh -huh. says you can't. Mm -hmm. I got so discouraged when I was about 24 years old. I got so discouraged. Because every church I went into, I couldn't get fed there. There really wasn't a word there. Because I was hungry for it. And I was... By the time I turned 22, I was so hungry for God. Man, I, my God. Cynthia and I went to church every time the doors was open. When we got married, every time the doors swung open, we in there. Because I wasn't going to try to have no house without God. Yeah. You have deceived yourself. 
you have overrated yourself. Right, 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 right. You ain't that good. Right. <laughs> you have overrated your ability. Yeah. Yeah. You're not that good. You're going to lose. Yeah. And so we was going. And I just said, man, they're all the same. Can't get nothing. So I said this. I told God, I said, I'm going to stay at home and read my Bible. I'm not going to church no more. I'm not going. I'm going to stay at home and read my Bible. And I'm going to watch Charles Stanley on television. <laughs> and he come back to me and says, no, you're not. You're going to keep taking steps to find the gift. I didn't even know how to express it then. To take the gift I put in your life. And the moment I walked in, I heard Dr. Jacobs talking. We've been together for 35 years. You never get rid of something heaven gave you. Yeah. Amen. Because you won't get it again. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And if you mess up, you can, run all, you can run all over the city all you want to. See, that man is irreplaceable in my life. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people think, oh. Because they don't understand what they're doing. They talk too much and don't know what they're talking about. I'm intelligent enough to know spiritually that man is irreplaceable. The 35 years I've been with him, nobody on this planet can do what he's done. And I've seen some good ones. I love Kenneth Copeland. But he doesn't have the mantle for me. Now, he can help me because the Bible says you've got many instructors. Now, he helped me along the way in a whole lot of things. But he ain't going to do what Dr. Jacobs did. Why? Because it's not in his mantle to do it. You can't run to somebody and try to get them to do what you need because you left your mantle. Right, right. That's good. That's very good. It ain't going to work. Amen. Amen. When you get a tailored suit, yeah. <laughs> it's designed to fit your body shape. Yeah. So I don't care what shape it is. It's feel good when you put it on. Yeah. But you try to go get something off the rack. You put it on, it don't feel right. It's certain places on your body. It's not going to feel right. It's not going to fit like a glove. Right. Right. Because that was tailored for you. Yeah. Certain areas it can, the, the garment can fit, but in other areas it doesn't because that air, that garment is not tailored to minister to that area of your body. Yeah, yeah. When God gives you a gift, that means it's been properly sized yeah. for you. Yeah. It is a tailor-made gift. Yeah. And if you go try yeah. shopping yourself, You're going to get yourself in trouble. Mm -hmm. When you start walking around, people are going to look at your garment and say, that don't fit right, does it? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's too tight. Uh -huh. That's good. Uh Got to be uncomfortable in that. Because you're trying to make something happen. You're trying to dishonor what heaven gave you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to help you right now. Amen. 
Look what it says right here. He gave some, he gave apostles, apostles the front line. They established government authority in the church. That's what apostles do. They help establish local churches. They help establish doctrine as they get it from the Lord. Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Jesus took him up to heaven personally and sat him down so that he could write two-thirds of the New Testament. The rest of it came out of the ones that walked with him when he was in the earth. That's what makes up your new covenant. That apostle's office is the frontline office that deals with Jesus. So he said he gave, who gave them? He did. You cannot reject what he gave to help you. Amen. Look what it says right here. He gave this. He gave apostles. Then he gave some prophets. What do prophets do? Prophets, most people think prophets are prophesy with people all the time. No. They are primarily teachers of the doctrine that was established by the apostles. And they're very authoritative. If a church is out of order, they will be quickly the first ones to bring order to it. That's who they are. And that's why when you study the prophets, they were always bringing correction. Men like Isaiah, men like uh, Jeremiah, because when the people got out of line, God had to send the prophet's office to remind them of what the word of Moses had established and given them. And so that's what the prophets do. And they also are seers and they give, they give prophetic words. When you look at this book right here over our church, <laughs> it's, it's a book of the apostles and the prophets that have been in my life that God have assigned to this church. And he's given us the, the, the direction and guidelines for this church. And everybody in this church ought to have a copy of it. Amen. If I'm your pastor, you ought to have a copy of it. You ought to know what's in it. Yeah. If you're not, you're behind. Amen. Amen. And if you need a copy of it, you need to see the Miss Carly to wave your hand up here. She, you, give her, you give her your email address and she'll send you an electronic copy. Yeah. So you'll have it so you'll know. It'll help you explain who I am. Yeah. It'll help you understand the assignment on my life. And it'll help you understand the perfect person, the, 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 you know, the purpose of this church. And it'll help you understand something about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. It's specific instructions for this church. And it comes... It primarily through the office of the prophet because Dr. Dufresne and Dr. Jacob stood in the office of the prophet and teacher too. Amen. Amen. Now look what it says right here. And then he gave some evangelists. Evangelists. We got an evangelist coming to our church in uh, next month. You don't want to miss that. Richard Roberts, which is Oral Roberts' son. Hallelujah. Oral Roberts is the founder of Oral Roberts University. Amen. Oral Roberts went all over America with healing revival. God gave him, a, God had to get a, get a, a doctrine and a, and a uh, manifestation of healing reestablished in his church. Mm -hmm. And Oral Roberts was raised up. You, most people that get a healing anointing like he had, a lot of them were sick as, as young children. He had, a, he had a terminal disease in his body as a young child. I don't know if it was blood of his young lungs or whatever it was. And he believed God for his healing, got supernaturally healed. And God put a mantle on him to teach the body of Christ that God wanted them healed. That's right. Back in the 1950s, he was setting up tents all over the United States. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know my mom's not here this morning. I didn't even know my mom 
he, she grew up in Clarksville, Tennessee, and he came to Clarksville, Tennessee. Glory to God. And set up a tent. And then all the pastors got together and told the congregations, don't go to that meeting. She told me that story. I said, you didn't go? <laughs> no, she listened to him. So I had to teach her about healing. After I learned about divinity, God wants your body well. Yes. Yes. And when you're under the right mantle, you can get your healing. Amen. If you relate to it properly. Yeah. Amen. A New Testament evangelist preaches the gospel. The objective is to win souls. But that office comes with the gifts of the Spirit and especially healing. And our New Testament, Philip is a New Testament evangelist. Now, some people call themselves evangelists, but, but, but you know, and, but if they don't have the signs of healing and deliverance with it, it's not a real New Testament evangelist. Getting your tent don't make you evangelist. God giving you the gift makes you an evangelist. And then the next office is what he gave pastors. He gave pastors. Look what he said right here. Who gave it? God gave pastors. Now, if you listen to the Spirit, God ain't gonna never send you to no fake pastor. He ain't never gonna send you to no pastor that don't know nothing about healing either. You may go to that church because your family always been there. You may go to that church because your grandmama there. You may go to your church because your cousin is there. But eventually, God wants to bring that pastor, if he will listen, and give him a revelation to walk in his full mantle. Yeah. Yeah. If he'll listen to him. But most don't. And the Bible said if you follow the blind, you're going to be in the ditch with the blind. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, how do I know that? Because I didn't know much about anything about my Bible. When I was, I got married when I was 23, I think, yeah, well, 22, 23. I found Dr. Jacobs said uh, 24. And I was pursuing God, but I couldn't get into the ministry of the supernatural and truth, truthful doctrines until I met him. They weren't inside of me, but I couldn't confirm them without him. And the first time I heard him preach, I said, I knew God was that big. I just needed to hear somebody say it. And that started a whole different journey. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then within the first year, he came to me and he said, Keith, you called into the ministry, aren't you? I said, I never told anybody that. Why? I'm going to read to you what these gifts are called to do. They're, they're called to help you finish your destiny. Mm -hmm. yeah. Look over here, what I'm going to finish reading, and i got to show you something. It says right here, and everybody should have their own pastor. Why? He said he's given every man these gifts. You never go to a church. You are there because the pastoral gift is there. If that gift is not there, I don't even know why you're there. If you take that one gift out, what are we meeting for? Because it's really not a church anymore. When you look, when you read the New Testament, New Testaments, the church starts when there's a gift there. That's when it really starts, a gift that God sent. Amen. I got to show you something here. And you, you have to discern after you get born again is what I was going to say. And it doesn't take a person having a Ph.D. in theology to figure out who their pastor is. That is a baby Christian can do that. 
without any knowledge of the Bible at all. Yeah, because right. when you get born again, your spirit will link with that person. Yeah. Yeah. Bible script said, deep calleth unto deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that man, Dr. Jacob started talking, the first time I heard it, my spirit just connected with him. Yeah. We've been there ever since. Yeah. It's unthinkable mm -hmm. to separate from him. Because that's a covenant relationship. There will be some people that's unthinkable for you to separate from them. And until you get that way, you're not covenant-minded. You're not covenant-minded, and what I'm preaching won't help you. Because if you can always jump up and relieve relationships, just, at, just over any little thing come up, any little disagreement come up, you gone. You're not covenant-minded, and the devil will keep you hopping and jumping all your life. It takes time to build relationships. It takes commitment to build relationships, and you got to put everything you got into it. Great relationships, no commitment, you have nothing. That don't even exist. And so you got to know this is what heaven ordered. And I refuse to change it Amen. because we got a little pressure right yeah. now. Yeah. You're going to have pressure. That's right. The Bible talks about a house is built on a rock and then a house is built on sand. When the sun is shining, both of them standing. Everybody can get along when the sun's shining. People with the word can get along and people without the word can get along when the sun is shining. Yeah. Amen. Even the bears on the, the bears in Canada get along or wherever they are in Alaska. Yeah. You do, the, all bears get along during the salmon run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know the salmon coming back upstream? Yeah. All the bears are getting along, slapping half fat, playing out in the water. <laughs> you want that one? No, I don't want that fish. You go have that one. Yeah. I don't want it. You have it. Yeah. But let the salmon run get kind of thin. Don't even look at that fish because it's mine. They ain't thinking about sharing or nothing. So pressure comes now. And then the conflict comes. The growling starts. The snapping starts. The scratching starts. Because pressure has come. All pressure does is test your character. That's all it does. Is test your character and see if you qualify to be in a relationship. Because if you always going off like the bass do when the salmon gets short, it's hard living around you. So you go out there to the go back out there to the stream now. It ain't nobody out there but the biggest, meanest, grizzliest bear walking around in the stream all by himself. Cause nobody else dare goes out there. You go out there on the penalty of death. Because yeah. <laughs> pressure brings the worst out of him. Yeah. Do we have any grizzlies here today? <laughs> you ain't got to say it, man. Just keep looking at me. <laughs> and I know you're a grizzly. Yeah. Amen. Well, the thing is, <clears throat> God gives these gifts to you to help you to grow up and develop your character. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. So that change comes about in your life. So look what he says. He gave you what? A pastor. He gave you pastors and then he said teachers. Look what he gave him for, for the perfecting. This word means uh, maturing, that we have to grow up. 
The only thing that can help you grow up is the word of God. And these five gifts are designed to give you the word so that you grow up and you mature. You learn how to close your mouth. When you know grace ain't going to come out of your mouth. You develop self-control. You allow the Holy Spirit to help you have self-control. All these things come from being properly pastored. He said, I give you pastors for the maturing. Look what he said. For the maturing that you grow up. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. The maturing of the saints. Mm -hmm. And then what's the next thing? For the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. So you got to mature to be able to do your work. Mm -hmm. If you try to do your work and you're not mature, then we're going to see a lot of flesh while you're working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. We're going to see a lot of flesh why you working? Yeah. Yeah. If you preaching, we're going to see a lot of fl- flesh while you preaching. Because yeah. you missed a step. Yeah. You went into the office. You didn't develop your character before you started your work. We're going to see a lot of flesh while you trying to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says, I want you to mature and grow up. Then I want, them to, I want them to help you grow up. So a lot of things we preach, people don't like it. Why? Because it's, it's calling them to grow up. Yeah, yeah. I don't like what you just preached. Well, it came out of the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Amen. And I don't have a, I am not obligated to teach you anything you want to hear. I am obligated by God to teach you what's coming out of the Bible. This Bible says I get a different judgment than you get. Yeah, yeah. There's a line for everybody else, and then there's a line for the apostles. There's a line for the prophets. There's a line for the pastors. There's a line for the evangelists and the teachers. And the first thing he going to ask you, did you teach him what I said? Because what did I say? Teach him what I commanded you. Yeah. I ain't asking you. I'm commanding you to yes. teach them right. Yes. I'm not asking you to have a crowd. I'm asking you to have disciples. Yes. I'm asking you to have people of maturity. Yeah. I'm have, asking you to have people that conform to my image. Yeah. Yeah. He said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry... For the edifying of the body of Christ, eventually a person should add to the church, not take away from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on. They should help build up the church, right. not tear it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bring division mm-hmm. in church. You do that, you're in trouble. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think you are and who they think they are. You ain't going nowhere to prosper, no way. Your days is numbered. And normally it takes about five years for the devil to start his killing, stealing, and destruction. I've been in this long enough. Because if he jumped right on you as soon as you messed up, you'd, you'd, you'd repent and come back. No, I want you down the road of peace. I don't want you to be able to swim back. I don't want you to be able to get back quickly. I want you out there by yourself. Yeah. I don't want you close to a mantle yeah. that can help bring deliverance in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I want you out there by yourself. Yeah. I want your whole family out there by yourself yeah. Yeah. trying to combat the enemy without the mantle I gave you. Because I'm out to pleat destruction. I want to tap your family. I want to tap your marriage. I want to tap your children. I want to tap your finances. I want to tap your body. I want to fix it to the place where you don't even want to be here on this planet yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm after. Yeah. And that's how I steal. I steal the mantle first. Yeah. Where well, you don't have a covering. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have a covering. You fuck, you're going through life without a covering. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. You live long, you live long enough, you'll see it. You walk circumspect. They are no, there's no such things as accidents and, and, you know, that's just the run of life. Oh, no. That's been a course the devil's been working a long time. Well, you want to believe not? Well, it's just a, it's just a tough break. No, it's not. Because God says he gave his angels to encamp around about you. Your planes ain't supposed to be falling out of the sky. That's why David said a thousand can fall at one side. And a ten thousand at another side. But it ain't happening to me. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The word shepherd means pastor. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not decrease. And even though I walk through the valley of it, I can walk through it. I can walk in places that others can't because I got this covering over my life. And goodness and mercy shall follow me all because he's properly passing. I ain't trying to have the outcome of everybody else. I ain't trying to have the marriages everybody else is having. I'm not trying to have the children. I'm trying to have what well, as for me in my house, we gonna serve God. I could care less who goes the other way. I'm not influenced by other people's decision and what they're choosing. They ain't live long enough. That's right, that's right, that's right. They ain't live long enough, and you know. I'll tell you, sure, I've been, I'm moving around long. He says here, I gave you this gift, look at verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith, till everybody got some faith in God, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. God says here, and unto the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. Look down here, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and cared about with every, everybody talking, trying to believe what everybody's saying. Every wind of doctrine. Jehovah Witness knocked on my door this morning. Y'all picked the wrong house. I said, you better be glad I got to go to church this morning. Y'all messed up. Y'all got a bad doctrine. They believe Jesus Christ is just a man. No, he's God and man. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible says so. Amen. Amen. And that's what you are too. You both that's God right. and man too. Amen. Amen. Because you made in the image and likeness of God. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to fix y'all this morning. I got to go to church. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. That's a bad doctrine. And by slight of men, you, you, you know what? You don't have to get tricked in this life. By the slight of men, that means that there is deception where people are trying to get you, get you to make choices that are not God's choices for your life. Yeah. Choosings that are not of God, yeah. slight of men. Well, I ain't got, you ain't got to always go to church. Who said that? You ain't got to go to church. No, my Bible says you are not supposed to miss. That's, right. That's Hebrews 10, 25. Do not yeah. forsake 
the assembling of yourselves together, together. which is the practice of some people. What happens if you keep missing calculus and then you go take the test? You ain't passing. You're going to be the one rubbernecking the whole time while the test is being taken because you don't know what to do. Everybody know what to do, at least trying to work it. The day will come you don't know what to do if you don't come and you learn and learn what to do. When people, I don't care who it is, in this congregation that calls, and I don't care what it is, we are knowing it to help them. Yeah. Amen. You know why? Because we never missed. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we never miss. She don't ever miss, and I don't ever miss. And I don't care what it is. And if I don't know, all I got to do is go stand in the presence of God and ask him the question, what do we need to do about this? Because that mantle is not there for me. It's there for that individual. Yeah. Amen. And when you miss, you are missing vital instruction yeah. on how to win yeah. in the fight that's coming. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's good. It's two houses. I said that one, one's on sand and one's on, on the rock. Anybody's house can stand when the sun is shining. And then the Bible said the rains came. The pressure. Everybody is going to get pressure. And it takes maturity to stand through pressure. Because when pressure's on, you got to make the right decision. And you got to say the right words under pressure. When it don't look like it's enough money, you're not supposed to say we going broke. You're not supposed to say, we're going under. <laughs> that's what Peter said. They was on the boat. That's what, that's what everybody said when they was in the storm under the boat. They said, Lord, we're going to perish out here. We're going to die with you on the boat. <laughs> no. You're supposed to say the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not decrease. Because what you say right there determines what kind of faith you in. And he says until we come into the unity of the faith. Half the church ain't supposed to be saying we going under. And the other one saying the other half said we going to make it. Half of the family shouldn't be saying we going under and half of the family saying we going to make it. They both should be saying, the Lord will provide. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's what they should be saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Bible said the preparation of the tongue mm, and how you answer under pressure is the key to life. Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah. And the Bible says this, a soft answer mm-hmm. turns away raft. Mm-hmm. It takes maturity to be able to do that. It don't just happen. Self-control does not happen. It's a spirit-trained, it's a trained response, a spirit-trained response under pressure. So when Jesus got up, they on there screaming and hollering, talking about how they going to die. Wish I hadn't got on this boat with Jesus. And he said, Lord, don't you care? <laughs> that is not a trained response. No. That's a response to somebody ain't been around the Lord long enough. So don't you even care? 
Because sometimes people question whether God care about them. That means you don't know him. If you're under pressure and you see the Lord bailing on you, you ain't got enough word in you. You got sickness in your body and you don't see him healing you. You don't know him well enough. You don't see him healing your children. You don't see him providing for your children. You don't know him. When you say God took them, God didn't help me. You don't understand it. I guess I can talk about mama today. She's not here. <laughs> she called me up yesterday. She said, I heard this song. I heard this song on Channel 4 News. And Keith, I want to know, tell me what this name of this song, this song is. I said, what song do you hear? It's been a worship song. Channel 4 News? She said, it was so beautiful. <laughs> I said, well, what, how did it go? She said, if one like this, Lord, get your heart closer to me. I said, you don't need to know that song. And you don't need to know where that song came from. Jesus said, I stand at the door of your heart, and I'm trying to get into your heart. Now, why are you asking him to get closer to your heart? It's you that need to open the door. Now, if the song says, I'm opening, I'm coming to the door, yeah. we can sing that. Yeah. Lord, you at my heart and I'm coming to the door. <laughs> Lord, I've got my hands on the door now. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. The door will be open in a minute, Lord. <laughs> now, we can sing that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's like God reclining somewhere and he got to come closer to you. The Bible says in James chapter 4, you draw nigh to him. You get close to him first. He done already sent his son to die for you, and they done laid the red carpet where they say you come boldly to the throne of God and obtain mercy and find grace to help in what you need. Now you get closer to him. Amen. They said, we ain't going to sing that. We ain't singing it. It's wrong. Yeah. You acting like God got to do something mm-hmm. that He's already done. Yeah. Yeah. What if somebody goes on, on your job keep asking you to do something you already done? Yeah. We need you to get this report in. Yeah. Sir, I just turned in that report. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Come back next week. Sir, we need that report coming in from you. When are you going to get that? I'll turn that report in two weeks ago. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There's nothing more for that person to do. They already did what they're supposed to do. Right. And with concern, God, he already done it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And that's good preaching, and that's good teaching. Amen. If you ain't hearing from God, yeah. it's because you're not pursuing him. Yeah. Don't try to come to church and sing some old unbelief and unfaithful song and try to get God to get, and stand in there crying. Yeah. <laughs> Tears rolling off. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah. The song is standing in the room. It is not going up to heaven yeah. to have any effect because it's unscriptural. Yeah. God says you ought to come to him now because he's already come to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. That's good doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. And most people that write music don't read their Bible. Mm-hmm. That's, true. That's, good. That's why you end up with songs like yeah. that. 
and they don't have good pastors either. Yeah. Ain't my opinion. It's just the truth. Yeah. I was in a huge church, huge. The pastor had something that was terminal in his body. And we just happened to be in, we happened, Cynthia and I was out of the business and they happened to be in there talking and I'm just standing there listening. And they was talking about their pastor having this terminal disease in his body. And they said, we know God's going to heal him. But even if he don't, Now he's the pastor, so he had to teach that. So really, you don't know what the outcome is, do you? We know he's going to heal him, but even if you don't, wait a minute, if you know he is, there shouldn't be no follow-on caveat statement, even if he don't. Let me tell you something about God. He heals all the time. You're entitled to healing. Yes. Healing is your right. Yes, it is. You know, some people say our young people have a sense of entitlement. They're entitled to go in your refrigerator anytime they want to. They're entitled to get in your money anytime they want to. They have a sense of entitlement. You know, people use that statement, a sense of entitlement. It's two ways to use it. That's, that's kind of in the, I don't, I, I don't call it a positive sense. But I, I started looking that word up last night. That word means a right. Yeah. Yes. That means a given right. Like Social Security is an entitlement. They call it entitlement. Because the government has established that every person at a certain age is entitled in this country to Social Security. It's your right. And my mind rolled back to the kingdom. Yeah. The woman was bowed over. What was that, 18 years or whatever? And Jesus told the religious people, because she's a daughter of Abraham, yeah. she is entitled yes, she is. to healing. Yes. And so what the Bible is teaching you it's because you are the seed of Abraham. Yes. You are never supposed to beg for healing. Yeah. Amen. You are to receive it Thank because you are entitled to it. Now see, people don't approach healing from a standpoint of entitlement. Amen. They beg it. Oh, Jesus, please take this out of my, please, Jesus, out. When you get of age, you don't go down to the Social Security office. Oh, please, y'all, give me Social Security, please. You pull out your driver's license, you show him you done got up in the 60s somewhere, and you tell him, I'm not playing with y'all. I've been waiting all this time. I ain't playing with nobody up in here. Because you're entitled to it. I didn't know the security office, uh, the Social Security had armed guards. I took my mom up there. It's worse than the airport. <laughs> and my mind couldn't deal with it. 
I just didn't have the maturity to deal with it. They said, take off your belt, take off your shoes and your jacket. I said, I ain't. <laughs> I just dropped my mom up here to, to get a, a letter showing that, showing that she's entitled to Social Security. I, I came up here to get her benefit letter. Yeah. That's all we want is one piece of paper. This is not the airport. Take off your shoes, take off this and take off that. I said, y'all mess with me today. I said, I wasn't prepared for this. The reason why they got all up there at two armed guards and metal detectors, because people have gone up there and went off. Because they were entitled. They believe in it. They, they believe this is the place of entitlement. You're entitled to prosperity. You're entitled to health. You're entitled to every benefit because you are a citizen of heaven the moment you get saved. Now look over here at this right here. Then I got to stop. Am I helping you in? Listen, if you don't have a mindset of entitlement, you're never going to get all your stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You have to have a mindset of entitlement. Let me show you this scripture real quick. And then I'm going to go to one other. I wish I could stay with y'all longer. But I know it's lunchtime and praise God. I think it's over in Luke 13. This way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is. Luke 13, verse 16. This woman had been bowed over. Now she had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Now she's entitled to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's been entitled to healing the day she was born. Yeah, yeah. You never beg for what you're entitled to. Amen. You just received it. Amen. You go to the Social Security office, you show them now that you're up in your 60s somewhere. You pull out your little card and it identifies you. And you say, start sending this money for the rest of my life. Thank y'all. And every month, the money just comes. The benefits just come. Because you're entitled to yeah. it. The Bible is written to show you what you're entitled yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. As a child of God in the kingdom of God, it is a book of entitlement. Thank you, yeah. Lord where you don't have to beg for anything because Jesus set it up where whatever you need, it has already been provided. But if you go to God different than you go to the security office, social security office, you go to him begging, oh, please, Jesus, oh, please, Lord, have mercy on me. Do that down to the Social Security yeah, office yeah, yeah. and put it on the speaker where everybody can hear you do <laughs> All you're doing is identifying your identification in Christ and you're receiving what belongs to That's you. Right. Okay. Look what it got to this woman. Now, this is what religion do because all these religious people around Jesus. Look at verse 11. Luke 13, 11, and behold, there was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity. Now, I told you, 
He comes to steal, kill, and corrupt. And that's the spirit to come steal your health. It's a spirit of infirmity. It's a demonic spirit. And if you could see in the spirit realm, you would see it attacking that person's body. Sometimes they run through a whole family. Cancer will go through and kill everybody. It'll wipe out the whole family. It'll run from one to the next one. Like the flu, trying to go through the house, jump off one child, get on another one, grab a parent next week. It ain't got nothing to do with no flu season. Who even told you it was a season like it? At least like Jesus would have told us, y'all. Beware of the flu season. It would be some scripture in there telling us that. Move right along. I'm just trying to help you. I told Dr. Jacobs, you did not teach me to copy you. You taught me how to think. The Bible said be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The Bible is designed to teach you how to think, to magnify your, what we call your common sense, where you can tell people, I don't think I'm going to go along with that. Amen. Amen. She had a spirit infirmed to 18 years, little state on 18 years, and was bowed over, the devil bent over, and could no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called unto her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmities. And he's laid his hands on her, and immediately uh, she was made straight and glorified God. That's the pastoral mantle on her. And the rule of the synagogue, the religious people of the day, answered with indignation. That means hot. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. And the, the Lord answered and said unto him, Boy, he got him real good. Thou hypocrite. Called him that right in front of everybody. He said, do not each one of you on the Sabbath day go down and loose an ox or ass from the stall? He said, y'all take better care of y'all animals than y'all do the people of God. And lead them away to watering. And this one word, verse 16, and ought not this woman, the word ought means right, entitlement. This woman has an entitlement. Why? She's a seed of Abraham. And she has a right to be loose from this infirmity. Yes. No, you have a right for pain to get out of your yes. body. Yes. 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 You, you just have to receive it. Yes. Well, how are you going to learn something like that? Yes. You're going to have to have a pastor. Yes. That's anointed. You don't get that like just sitting at home. Yes. You just read right over all and just keep going. Yes. That's even if you read in the Bible. Right. Yes. So God says this, I'm going to give you pastors that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's going to help you so you'll be fruitful and multiply. That's what it says in the book of Jeremiah. Nobody's supposed to go broke in the local church where they're receiving the right mantle in the right way. Let me show you something real quick. Caleb, stand up. Jerry and Isaiah. There's four stages the pastor is to call you through. Go ahead and stand up too, um, Severus. <laughs> There's four stages a pastor has to take you through, or the ministry has to take you through. And you're in one of these four places. The first thing, you got to get born again. Yeah. 
to be even entitled, you got to get saved. So your name gets written in heaven, you become a citizen of heaven. And the moment you get saved, you entitled to everything in this book. But you know what, the moment you get saved, you don't even know what's in the book. God says here, my people are destroyed. They're my people. This is what Hosea 4, 6 said. But they are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. They have not been properly pastored, just like the woman that was bowed over. So the pastoral gift comes to minister to her. Says, you, gotta, you have an entitlement, honey. You have an entitlement that belongs to you. You do not have to be sick and then used his mantle to minister to her and embarrassed the religious people and got her delivered. Yes. Being saved is not enough. It will get you to heaven. Your name is, when you die, you're going to go to heaven, but you're going to get whipped while you heal because there's three more levels that you have to go through. Yes. And only the pastoral gift and those other gifts can get you through that gift. Right. The next stage is deliverance. Even though the person may be saved, it's things that they may have experienced when they wasn't saved that's gotten a hold of their life. And they need to be delivered. Maybe it's in the mind, maybe it's something in, it may be something where the enemy is attacking their life. They need to be delivered. The next stage is deliverance. Well, how are they gonna get delivered? It's gotta be through somebody that's, that understands that deliverance is available to them. He says, you go out, you cast out the devil. He says, you go cast out. So they got to have somebody that understands deliverance. Yeah. And once they get delivered and begin to walk through their life with some proficiency, the next is to begin to train them for their service. That's what he said, the work of the ministry. Well, who's going to train you for the work of the ministry? The fivefold ministry gifts. The fivefold ministry gifts. And my job is to bring the other gifts in. That's why we got Richard Roberts coming out. Just saying that a minute ago, you know, before I was talking, his, his father went all over, all over the United, probably the world, teaching on divine healing. Or Roberts has gone to heaven. And that mantle's on his son now. Richard's older than I am. But Pastor Nancy said, told him, you need to go to Nashville to Church on the Rock to Pastor Rogan's Hallelujah. church. Hallelujah. And he's coming. Hallelujah. He just started going to churches. Yes. He just started going right. to churches. He got back from Pastor Nancy, his first church, and he said, this is what God wants me to do now. Running the universes and things, that phase of my ministry is over. I'm supposed to be going in these churches and ministering this manner. And he operates in the gifts of the Spirit, mainly the word of knowledge like Dr. Jacob. Mm -hmm. And right now, he's so booked up now, you can't get him. Dr. Jacob's tried to get him in his church. He can't get him number one day. We got him four days. Don't be sitting at home watching Gunsmoke. <laughs> and basketball, don't, don't do that. Because things that are, now I'm not saying I love sports to the degree. I'm, I'm different about them now than I ever been. I watch very, you know, I watch it when I, you know, when I, when I want to watch it. I just can't watch it like I used to. Your priorities change yeah, as you get older in life yeah. based on the calling and the purpose of your life. Yeah. 
When I was in my 20s, my God, I couldn't wait to bust out of here <laughs> and go home and turn on the stand and watch. It's, yeah. it's you, your maturity. As you grow in the Lord, you think differently. Yes. Your priorities change. Yes. It's just different. But you still, can watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I watched. I enjoyed it. Watched. But I don't sit home and watch every game of season. I can't no more. I don't even desire to anymore. The Bible says you got to find out what's vital in your life. What's put in your life. Oh, I don't have time for all that kind of stuff no more. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Things just change in your life as you, as you grow up in Christ. Yes, Things just change in your life. So he's coming. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. You need to be here. Yes, sir. Why? I'm bringing another office in. Yeah. I'm bringing another office in. When Dr. Jacobs come, the office of the apostles here. Mm -hmm. The prophet, excuse me. All of us are anointed to teach. This is training. So I got to this place, and I was with Dr. Jacobs. I got to this place. I went from here to here. And then after 12 years with him, the Spirit of God came in the church. I said, it's time to Keith, for Keith to leave. Release him in front of the whole church. Crystal was there. The Spirit of God moved in the whole service. Release me to come. To, now it's time. I was already serving. My first job in the church was an usher. I served in every capacity. Whatever the church needed, I served. All they had to do was tell me they needed it. And it's a whole lot of things. Your prosperity is tied into this position. Yes. Yes. Your prosperity is tied here. Yes, it is. Service. Not just showing up service. Right. Why? Because the people that are serving are helping me pastor. I can do every job in this church. But I can't, my pastoral job. So service is very important. Yes. I'm building you up for the work of the ministry. So you got to ask yourself, what work am I doing? Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's right. And if you're not doing anything, you ain't here. Come on. You are not here yet. And if things continue, you will show up before God and your job will not be done. Mm -hmm. He's never just called people just to show up and leave. No. Amen. Now, what makes it so important about the pastoral gift, we become partners together in ministry. Yes. You're helping me do a job I can do. I, the only job I can't do is sing. Mm -hmm. But I'll try. Yes. <laughs> if Sedgwick would work with me, <laughs> if he would just take the time out and develop the gift in me, yes. I'd be having albums out. <laughs> But he won't do it. <laughs> He'll have to answer to God for that. But anyway, moving right along. Service. Train for service. And then you enter into the final state of your purpose and what he's assigned you to. And then once you finish your assignment, you go stand before him. And you hear, well done. Well yes, done. well done. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Not well what happened. Yeah. But well done, thou good and faithful word servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Yeah. Now come up high and I'm going to make you ruler yeah. over this. Thank you, Lord. And guess whose job it is 
to help bring you through all of those. Primarily it's to pass it along with the other gifts. Please do not come kicking and screaming. It makes the job harder. Did you get some help today? Y'all go ahead and sit down.